Hey, y'all, it's Bo Haig. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. If you have questions, please contact us at 580-216-6427. And we hope that God uses this message to change your life. I want to say this about my friend. Uh, this is uh, Jason Taylor, and, and I'll say this about Jason. Jason is the, the greatest cowboy preacher in the nation. Shut up. I'm telling shut you. Shut up. I mean that. Just I mean go that. Sit down no, no, up. you shut up. No. See, he, he's so sweet, too. <laughs> Has a sweet, kind mouth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he's the greatest, I believe, the greatest cowboy preacher in our nation. And I don't say that, you know, about everybody. I say that about him. He pastors the greatest cowboy church in Texas. <laughs> Not in the nation. Because we have I our church, right? Mute. Ours mute. is the best in the nation. But anyways, um, and I, I believe that um, he is, uh, again, one of my dearest friends. We talk once a week. And, and if I need a story about a wreck on a horse or something, I'll usually call him, and he gives me the best stories. <laughs> he doesn't have all his teeth. Nope. And he's missing a thumb. Yeah. So, again, uh, and, uh, he, he has some great stories to tell. But I'm excited to have him here this morning. He's going to come, uh, you know, preach a message that the Lord has laid on his heart. And um, he is a dear friend of mine, and his wife Christy's up here. Christy, raise your hand. I know you love that. Christy's <laughs> up there. Give it up for Christy. <laughs> Um, here, let me say this as well. He pastors the, the Barnum Cowboy Church in Tyler, or Tatum, Tatum, Texas, and uh, they're a great church, a church that sponsored us when we were getting started, and uh, so we're very thankful for the Barnum Cowboy Church, and you can listen to him online at uh, com. I'm sure, or .org or something, something, something like that, um, but uh, he's a great friend, and again, I want you guys to welcome him, so let's give him a hand. Jason Thank Taylor. you Let me, let me pray real quick before I mess up. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for this day. I thank you, Lord, to be at this old barn and, and uh, to just to be able to share with, with uh, family and friends. Lord, I pray most especially that uh, your Holy Spirit just begins to do his work. And, uh, Lord, whatever I say would most of all be pleasing to you, Lord. I pray that you'd bind my tongue and keep it shut where it needs to be and open where it ought to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Bo shared a little, his, uh, his, uh, proposal story. Mine's way better. Bo's is pretty boring. Me and my wife were 16 and 17 years old, and we were flying on an airplane because we had ran away from Texas to Boston, Massachusetts, because we'd gotten a little bit of a disagreement with her parents. And, uh, me and her daddy had worked out a deal if we'd come home. He had signed a marriage license, and we could get married. And and I gave him the nod that we'd come back. So we was flying back home, and she started crying. Now, I didn't grow up with, with ladies in my house, and women make me nervous to this day. Uh, but I, I didn't know why we was crying. I mean, it was all good, you know. I said, why are you, why are you, why are you crying? She said, well, there didn't nobody ask me if I even wanted to be married. You and Daddy just worked out a deal. <laughs> so I quickly, you hear me? Augustus McCray kicked in. I'm like, I got on the floor of a 747 and said, as we fly across this great country of ours, would you do me the honor of riding with me from here on? I mean, it was good. She kept crying, and I thought it was all because of me, but I think she was just scared to death. 
And then we planned our wedding. We had to spend the whole next week of school because we were both still in high school. We had to spend the whole next week in school in detention because we had too many unexcused absences. So we, we planned our wedding and in school suspension. Pretty cool. Hey, 25 years ago. That's right. So see, I, I, I learned, I'm, I put it to the test. If you're not willing to be in solitary confinement with me, it won't work. I, I'm going to share y'all a sermon that, that the Lord gave me back a, few, back a year ago. And, and uh, I, I love this message. It's probably one of my favorites. Uh, God, I, I'm not educated very well. And so I don't, I don't preach like, uh, I'm not real good at, at preaching. I'm, God give me a gift to tell stories. And that's why Bo, he'll call me and he'll want a story. But, and I, I mean, I just, I just, and they're usually all true. <laughs> and there's always at least a few parts that are true. But this one here, this is a true story. I mean, it really happened. And uh, it's about riding drag. And there's, there's something I know uh, Heather asked Bo whenever he told her what I was going to preach. She, she said, is he, he going to address drag? And I didn't know what they meant. But no, I, I don't wear any female attire ever. None. Uh, they, in, in, in fact, we need to keep moving. Uh, riding drag is, is where every cowboy starts. Every cowboy starts out gathering cattle and, and, and pushing cattle, riding drag. Now, I don't know how many of y'all have ever you know, really gathered and, and, and worked a lot of cattle. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the luckiest fellers, you know, around. I, I've done it my whole life. That's all I ever, I mean, I've done other things, but I had to cause I could, so I could eat. But I would always quit a good paying job so I'd go back to cowboy. Always. And, and the Lord's given me the, blessed me with, with the opportunity to minister right where he created me to be. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy I know because I, I get to do what I do every day. Bo called me Saturday, uh, Friday, won't know was I excited to be here, and I said, heck no, I'm missing 45 Mexican steers that I can't find, and i got no business coming to Oklahoma. I've got to find these cattle. And then I sent him a picture like 10 or 12 hours later. Uh, we had found them. They were six miles from where they should be, still walking. <laughs> it's crazy. But anyway, I was riding drag. Friday evening, late pushing them cattle back where they should have been. I'm, I, I'm just, and now, now I get to do it, and I'm blessed to have a, a, a an opportunity to share, you know, how you can find the Lord and see Him and how He rides drag with you. And and, and I want you to know that riding drag. I started riding drag when I was probably five years old, and and I was I was real little, and and Daddy said you push these cattle, and I did exactly what Daddy said. And, and I, I, I pushed cattle my whole life. And I would ride drag out in West Texas where we started out. My family's from Pecos, and it don't get no more dirtier and dustier. And the wind don't blow any bit harder there than it does here, but it blows just as hard there. So wind's blowing and dust is flying, and riding drag ain't what they make it look like in the movies. You hear me? Now, everybody thinks when you're riding drag, somebody's playing a guitar, and it's just so romantic, and you got your wild rag or rain. No, riding drag is bad. It is where you learn what dirt in your eyes feels like. It's where you dirt, learn what dirt down your throat tastes like. It's where you learn what a real black booger looks like. I mean, you ride drag one day, I'm telling you, you will blow enough to plant a garden out. I mean, it's like 
You hear me? I mean, riding drag is a dirty place to be. But everybody starts out riding drag. Everybody. And when I was a little bitty kid riding drag, I, I pushed can. I'm not saying I always paid attention. I, I'd be half asleep, but I was always trailing kettle. And I was always pushing along, and I was always doing one other thing. I was always looking for my daddy. My old daddy was a hand now, and he would, he would, uh, he would ride on the flank on the right. He'd circle by and check on us boys, and he'd ride the flank on, flank on the other side. And, and I, I, can, I will never forget. I mean, I would be standing in my stirrups just trying to see him through that dust. And, and, and there's times I thought me and these cows are going the wrong way. I'd be thinking, or, or maybe I was in a small group and I couldn't find, and I'm pushing 15 or 20 cows hunting the herd, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm going the wrong way. And, you know, I don't know if y'all remember what it was like to be five or six or seven and, and be in, a, in the middle of a hundred section place or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, big country, little kid, nobody around. And you're thinking, I'll never find humanity again. I so little, I couldn't get up and down off my horse by myself. So, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm going to die right here because I can't get out and go to the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been in some binds. And that, but then I, I'd be looking, and I'd be, and now I'd see my daddy. And I'd be like, whew, instantly. I'd know I'd be okay because I could still see my daddy. And I'd look for my daddy. Now, I lost my daddy in 07 in a car wreck. But riding drag is where I learned what a cowboy looked like because I had a cowboy to look to. Riding drag is where I learned what a cowboy smelled like. Riding drag is where I learned what cattle thought. I learned how to think like a cow. I learned cowology. I learned cowanese. That's the ability to speak like a cow. And I can. I speak better to cows than I do ladies. I'm telling you, ask my wife. I, 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 I. I just had to mention talking to ladies, and I got so nervous and went stuttered. Riding drags where you learn a lot. Riding drags where you learn the most. Everybody. Now, listen, this is what God's shown me. I'm finna, teach, I'm finna teach you something if you're in a position to learn, and I can't help you get in position. You got to do that. But Jesus taught me this. The Holy Spirit's revealed this to me, and it's a truth that'll change your life if you want it changed. If you don't want it changed, and you're happy with it where it is, there ain't nothing nobody can do to do that for you. But he really showed me every everyone will ride drag if they will be changed. Do you know Jesus rode drag? Now listen, Jesus, the Son of God, the perfect, the the the, the un, not ever said he 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 followed someone. Do y'all know that? He followed another person in Luke chapter two verses fifty one and fifty two. He says, and he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus kept increasing. Now, have you ever thought about the perfect Savior of the world improved? But he kept increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Now, every one of us can improve. Every one of us could stand to increase a little bit especially in those three areas. And Jesus increased as he followed in submission to Mary and Joseph while they walked on this earth. Now, every one of us knows what Jesus said to the disciples when he called them, right? He said two words, right? What were those two words? Say it out loud. That's all he said. 
right? He simply said, follow me. You know what that means? Ride some drag. If you ride drag and follow me, I promise you, you will increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor. I've done a little digging. And to understand what that means, wisdom is to increase your mind. Increase your ability to apply, not knowledge. Anybody can gain knowledge if they just want to read and study. But wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge. I don't have a lot of knowledge, but God's given me wisdom to apply. And unfa- I cannot grasp God's amazing word. But he's given me wisdom to realize it and how to apply it. All right? And then he says, you will, in stature, physical. If you're physical, you're not, not, not. Now listen, I still am, am I'm still, like Bo said, I got one eye, one thumb. I'm still physically messed up, but my physical stature is way more able now to do what God's called me to do. I have no no idea why in the world God would pick me and my wife to speak and represent our culture and share his amazing truths. I have no idea. Why he? Why I am able to do what he's called me to do? I, 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 there's no logical reason because I'm not qualified. I'm not. I'm. I'm nowhere near what I should be in 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 my mind to do what the Lord's given me the opportunity to do. It's all because of Him. But He has increased me simply because I would follow. Simply, I, I want bigger territory. So I said, Lord, just 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 as big as territory as you want me to cover, I want to cover it. So he increases our territory as we follow him. And the third one is in favor. And that word favor actually is talking about your spiritual being. The graciousness is what that word means. So if you want to know, you know what grace means? The word grace actually means God's power. So if you want to increase in God's power, you're going to have to ride drag a little bit and follow Jesus. Now listen. Riding drag in your Christian walk, it's just like riding drag pushing a bunch of cattle. It's where you learn how dirt feels in your face. It's where you learn how, how humility feels because you're going to get it. It's where you learn how rejection feels because folks are going to reject you. It's where you learn how to cry. I, couldn't, I didn't cry growing up. I grew up in a house full of men. Now I cry all the time. I guarantee you I'll cry before I get done today. I, cry. I cried this morning getting up and getting ready. But it's, I learned how to cry by watching Jesus. I learned how to be angry and not sin. Now, I ain't perfected that because I still get angry and want to hit somebody, but I quit hitting them. So you see what I'm saying? But it's because I, 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 Jesus never said don't get angry, right? He never said you shall not ever be mad. No, Jesus, was, Jesus could get mad, but he learned how to be mad and not sin. He, he, didn't, even, he didn't even say don't be mad. He, he, he made a mess when he cleaned the temple. There were some folks scattering, and I guarantee you, they can say, they can, preachers can preach, and religious people can say, he did not striketh nobody with the whip. I'll kiss your foot. He smoked some butt going out there. You hear me? Why would he build it? Anyway, that ain't got nothing to do with the day. Ain't got nothing to do with the day. He simply says, follow me, ride drag. But behind Jesus is where you learn what a disciple looks like. Here's the keys to ride and drag. Remember what I said? I was, I was doing two things. I was always following cattle and looking for my daddy. Here's where Christians mess up. You ride and drag. You're pushing 
the Lord, you're, you're following the herd, you're pushing along, but you begin to focus on the dirt in your eye, the grit in your teeth, and the taste of dirt going down your throat, the frustration and whatever, and you quit looking for Jesus, and you focus on what ain't quite so good. So, if, listen, if you're not looking to him, if you're not looking past whatever it is, you won't see what it really is. So, so, so you got to keep looking forward. you got to keep looking forward. I promise you, you will increase. Matthew 4, 19 through 20, And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets, nests and they followed him. They got dirty following Jesus. If you'll ride drag, I promise you, you're going to get dirty. But also, if you'll focus on Jesus, you will increase in wisdom. You will increase in, in, in your physical, in your stature. You will increase, and you will increase in favor. You'll be amazed at the favor of God wants to pour out on you. His desire is to bless you, not financially. His desire is, not to, 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 his desire is to pour out into you what he created you to do. It is his desire. So he wants to do that for you. You can say, you, 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 if, if you will ride drag and follow the Lord, you will be able to one day say what I say, that I'm the luckiest guy on the earth. I'm married to the beautifulest woman. I've got the smartest kids. I've got the greatest life. I do what I want to do every day. It don't mean I got an easy life. But I know why he created me, guys. I know why I was born. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all know that, but I, I know why I'm here. And it's not for my deal, but it's to glorify him through my deal. That makes it my deal. So I'm good saying I am, I, I am blessed because I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't, have no, I, don't have, I don't know why, but it's not for me to know why. It's just for me to do it's not for me to worry about the details. My, my, my boss does that. All I do is ride drag. If I see the herd going, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm going. And if, it, if, 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 if they don't like it, I, I've learned one thing for sure in the ministry. If I don't take the credit, meaning all glory goes to the Lord, right? Y'all agree with that? So I don't, I don't, take, I don't, I don't want any credit. I'm not going to take any credit. There's a flip side to that coin. You know what it is? I ain't taking no blame either. I don't have to. I mess up every day. Every day. You know what I say when I go to bed? Lord, I'm sorry for my mistakes, but you picked me. You chose me. You, 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 you chose me. You chose me to preach. You, cho- you know what I'm saying? Now listen, don't, 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 don't hear what I ain't saying. I'm not saying I blow him off and blame everything on him. But he knew I was an idiot when he picked me. He knew there was so much. But you know why? If you, if you look at, uh, 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 what's my scripture? 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, you got it up there? Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were noble. You know what? Basically, not many of you were worth a flip. Really? He knew what he was getting. But do you know why he picked what he, what he wanted? So that he could get the glory. So that when people see what you do or what I do or what, they can say, man, I, I tell you what, the Lord is, he's something. Now he can take nothing and do something with nothing. When he really takes absolutely nothing and does something with nothing, he has done something. Are y'all following me? 
So it's really, it's really cool. To go, he didn't have jack squat. I mean, he started. Listen, he did not only. You know, there's there's two there's levels of nothing. I've been broke three times, and there's 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 you know, broke is you know I got two bucks in my pocket. That's 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 broke, but that's not bad broke. Broke broke is when you got two dollars in your pocket and you owe the bank three or four hundred thousand dollars and have none of their stuff left. That's broke. You hear me? And when you that's when that's when you. That's when you better have a good dog because that's the only friend you've got left in the world. That's broke. That's when, but I'm going to tell you something. The Lord can take that and, and do, that's when he takes nothing and does something amazing. Now, I don't think, here's where I want you to learn. I do not think any of you in here that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and have said, I'll follow you, Lord. When he, you know, listen, whenever you said yes to the Lord, you did not say, yes, I'll come and sit on my butt. That's not what he called anybody to do. Jesus Christ did not, he did not come and save the world and, 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 and say, ha, let's all relax and wait on me to come again. Ain't what he said. Ain't what he told his disciples to do. And so it's not in the Bible sitting. Sitting ain't in the Bible. Retirement ain't in the Bible. Have you know that? I did not know that. When I started, when I finally answered God's calling and said I'd preach, I figured, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm mid-30s. Figured the best I got in me is another 10 years, 15 years. I'll be toast and done, you know. No. I, I, done, I done learned something. I can't get out of this deal. It's forever. It's like marriage. <laughs> it don't stop. It's because he called us to follow him period. He didn't say, follow me and stop. He didn't say, follow me. I mean, I'm not saying don't take a break, but most Christians ask Jesus to be their Lord and then wait on him to come get them. He didn't say, come sit on your butt. He didn't say, come write me a check. He didn't, he didn't say that. He said, follow me. He said, come and do, go to work, ride, drag, do what I do. Watch me and do what I do. Watch me and go where I go. Watch me and, and drive what I drive. Y'all follow me? That's a huge mistake Christians make. We, 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 we're, we're sold to, because America is such a comfortable, nice, loving, caring, we come, sit, be fed, go home. He does not want fat, lazy Christians. He wants hardworking, sweaty, stinky, dirt in their eyes, streaks down their face. He wants working Christians, not You know, I forgot where I was at. I said, <laughs> so it's, and, 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 and that's why, now listen, I think most of you want to be that, don't you? Amen. Don't you? Most of you want to serve the Lord. Most of you want to ride with him. There's nothing, I've, I, listen, I've tried all kinds of stuff from chemicals to, from bad chemicals to I've tried it all to have those highs, and I'm an adrenaline freak. I love bad things. I, mean, I love wrecks. I mean, I, it's ignorant. I know it. But I'm telling you, I love just on the edge. I love, I, but there's nothing compares with selling out 100% and going where he tells you to go and doing what he tells you to do, especially when it makes absolutely no sense. There's nothing better. When everybody and their dog says, that's ignorant, yes, it is. <laughs> and, 
that won't work. No, it won't. And it's just, 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 just great when that happens. There's nothing better. I'm telling you. I, I, I honestly, I believe in my heart. I'm going to preach for just a minute. I believe, I believe most everyone that asks Jesus and receives the Holy Spirit, he's in there and he wants to be out by edge. He wants to be doing what others think is ignorant. He wants to be, you know what I'm saying? It's in you. It's not that you don't want to, it's that you believe you can't. And that is the biggest, one of the biggest lies from hell. He said, I, Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. So why is it we believe, oh, I, could, I wish I could, but I can do, ooh. Why is it y'all come to church, and I'm not saying y'all do, but I'm just generalizing church people, culture church, church to unchurched, we're all the same. We look at a preacher and go, boy, I'm glad he can preach. That ain't me. You big chicken. Yes, that's you. Yes, if you can't tell people about it, that's all I'm doing. I don't know how to preach. All I know is to tell you about my best friend. Tell you about my Lord. I, you know what I'm saying? We can all do that. And when you don't know, I mean, I used to puke every time I'd preach, I'd puke. I would. I, I mean, my wife used to say, it's going to be a good sermon. You puke three times a day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it's because I was a wreck. Man, I'm a meth head, drunk, I'm an idiot. I ain't got no business standing in front of you people telling them about the Savior of the world. I've been set free from all that because I'm following him. Now, I'm going to share with you a story. I was eight years old, and I, like I said, I started gathering cattle and working cattle. I've been doing it my whole life. When I was eight years old, we had the job in Pecos of gathering wild horses for the 4th of July rodeo, for the wild horse race. My old granddaddy, was, he, was, he was always in the middle of stuff, and, and he agreed to furnish the horses. And, and the crew, when we left out the crew, was my granddaddy, my Uncle Punk, my dad, and five boys from 12 to 7. That was the whole crew to go gather wild horses in Pecos in one helicopter. The first thing we did was stop at the Town & Country Cafe, which I looked for one in Woodward this morning. I did not find where the wise men go of a morning. Do y'all have one? Y'all have one? All right, I, I just missed it. Every town has to have, you know, where all the real business takes place. And, and we stopped at the Town & Country Cafe, and my old granddaddy and them was sitting there drinking coffee, and us boys was over to the table having our Cokes, and I, I, there's no telling what kind of money was bet that morning as we left to whether or not we were going to bring back any horses. We'd go bunch on them horses in that mountain, in, in a big old ranch, and we'd use a helicopter to bunch them. We got them all bunched up in a little old canyon overnight. And I'm just going to be honest with my wife sitting here. That night was better than our honeymoon. That night was probably one of the top five nights. Y'all have to know I made my wife really mad on our honeymoon because me and a couple of buddies went and watched movies. I didn't know what I was doing. All right. We'd never been to town much. I thought it was cool for us all to go watch a movie. She didn't think it was cool, but it wasn't very romantic. One of the greatest nights of my life. I'll never forget it. Sleeping outside under the stars. I could hear them wild horses just right over there in the distance. You could smell them. You could hear that old stud horse and roll his knob. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Have y'all ever had any of those nights? Or are y'all bored? I'm telling you, it's a great night. When you, did, when you had your, one of your best nights in your world at eight, it was a good night. And the next morning we got up, had breakfast over that fire. 
My granddaddy laid out the plan. He said, boys, I'm going to strike us out, and I'm going to go over that ridge right yonder, and, and, and stick my dad and my uncle's going to ride the flanks. You boys start pushing on them. My horses coming out of that draw, and, and they're going to come out of that draw and break over that rim, and when they break over that rim, they're going to go off the side of that mountain, and there's a trap at the bottom of that mountain. If we keep them going straight, they'll go right in that trap, and we shut the gate and have them. Sounds like an easy plan. We start off, everybody doing what they're doing. Us boys is lined up riding drag. We start breaking over that rim, and all of a sudden, they took off. They're gone. Everything. We Five of us looking at each other, what we do now? We ain't never seen nothing like that. We push cattle all our life. With you pushing cattle, you ride easy. You push them slow. You, 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 you ease along, right? Them horses left. They're, I mean, I'll, we was riding drag just way, 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 way drag. I mean, we were a half a mile in drag. Them some of us come off that mountain running wide open. Sure enough, I had a perfect view from way, way back there. They hit down there, and when they hit the bottom of that hill, they spun to the right and went right over the top of my daddy and circled that mountain all the way back to the canyon we just started in. Now, how many of you feel like in your life you're always right back where you started? I, I, I know. I, I, listen, there's two of you honest in the whole building. I can tell you how that'll never happen again. My daddy come up to me and my two brothers, and I'm the littlest. I was a baby. They rode up to me, and us three boys, and he said, Boys, you ain't helping me one dang bit if you're so far in the back of the riding drag that no dirt's getting on you. When these horses come off this mountain... You better be able to smell them when they fart. You hear me? Hey, serious as a heart attack. He said, you better be right up their tails. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We Here we go, round two. And them song of started. My old granddaddy started off that rim. And them horses started off that rim. And as soon as they broke, I don't know if y'all have ever drove wild horses, but as soon as they break off of a ridge, they broke off that rim of that mountain, and there they went. And by golly, all I heard my daddy say was, stay with me, boys. Now, he didn't go talk to my cousins. He didn't talk to any. He come to his three sons. He looked his three sons in the eye, and he says, you stay with me. You better stay with me. When we go over that mountain, you stay with me. At eight years old, I had no earthly idea. I was riding a little blue roan horse. It was about that tall and built like a tank. And, man, I did not know he could run that fast. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I could ride that fast. When them some of us took off and I heard my daddy say, stay with me, boys, I pissed him his dead gum head and I, over, I John Wayne him and off that mountain I ran wide open. Eight years old, every hair on my body. At eight, you don't have no hair. But <laughs> right now, every hair on my body is standing up because I have never forget what it felt like. It's unreal to feel the rocks kicking up off them horses' feet, to feel the earth as you're coming off of a mountain, wide open, you can feel the earth just shaking. Oh, it's, just a, oh, it's unreal. I'm telling you. And, and we come off that mountain, and little blue's wide open. I'm laying down on his neck. I mean, it is, it, I can smell him. I knew what my daddy was talking about. I can smell him. We come off that mountain. I never looked behind me to see where my brothers were. I didn't have time. I was, I was mobiling straight off the side of a mountain. Now, now, at eight years old, 
we hit the bottom of that mountain and we had strung out enough that them horses stayed straight. Went right in that trap. My old daddy's riding a big old yellow Palomino horse named Pal. He stepped off a Pal running wide open to grab that gate. Y'all know what I did? Stepped off a little blue running wide open. <laughs> hit the gate. Daddy had the gate in his hand trying to shut it. I hit the gate. Whack! Knocked it out of his hand. He grabbed me by the belt and the gate in the other hand. Shut the gate and he stood me up and he said, where in the world? He didn't say world, but he cussed the hand of Tennessee. Where did you come from? Where's your horse? I said, with your horse. What are you doing? What you do. Now, for years, my old daddy liked to sip on a little crown, and every time I'd get him, I'd get him a little, he'd get a little, he'd get a little too deep in the blue stock. I'd say, you remember that time we was getting wild horses? He'd tell that story. That's probably the only story he has on me that he liked. But... Probably one of my greatest days at eight years old. That's sad when your life is downhill from eight, but I had no idea I could ride a horse like that. I had no idea. I had no idea you could get hurt running a horse wide open off a mountain. I had no idea. I could or couldn't step off a horse running wide open. I had you know so I, I had but you know who did? My daddy did. I didn't believe you could do that. My daddy did because he said I could. So I did it not by what I believed, but what my daddy believed. Y'all with me? I did it not because I knew I could, but because he said I could. Listen, Jesus said you could do this. He, think about the story of, of Simon Peter in the boat. I don't remember what scripture that is. Matthew something. Matthew 14. When Simon Peter and them were all in that boat, and, and, uh, and remember the storm came up, and they was all getting all panicky and scared and nervous, uh, he, he says, uh, I'm going to get my glasses out if you don't get it up there. He's up there. He says, uh, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now listen, Jesus just said, settle down, sissies. Right? It's okay. I got this. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come on the water. Jesus said, well, come on. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, ye of little faith, he said, why do you doubt? Now, let me ask you a question where I'm going to teach you something. Here's where you can learn something if you want to learn something. If you just came to be entertained, it's over. If you want to learn something, listen right now. Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Now, think, whose who's faith, who, who's he talking? He's talking to Peter, but where's, what faith is he talking about? Now, every time I've read that and every time I've heard that priest, I thought he was talking about Peter had little faith in Jesus. Would y'all agree? Are y'all in agreement? It, that is wrong. P- Jesus said, well, come on, what'd Peter do? He showed his faith in Jesus. He got out of the boat. That takes tremendous faith. Peter had so much faith in Jesus that he said, if it's you, tell me to get out and walk on the water and I will. And Jesus said, well, come on. He got out of the boat. Right? That's tremendous faith. He had little faith in himself. 
And Jesus said, why do you doubt? With me, you can do all things. With me, you can do anything. Why do you doubt what you can do when you're with me? He got scared because he realized he was where Jesus was. And he goes, what in the heck am I doing out here with Jesus? And freaked out and had little faith in himself. Listen, Jesus had all the faith in it. And Jesus said, why do you have such little faith? It's, it wasn't faith in Jesus that he had little of. It was faith in himself. The reason people don't follow and completely get out on a limb with the Lord is not because they don't have faith in the Lord. You had to have tremendous faith in the Lord to accept his gift of salvation. He told Thomas, blessed are you because you believe and see. But no, he said, he said, you have faith because you see. But blessed are those who believe and don't see. You have faith to believe you're going to spend eternity in heaven because of Jesus. Amen? That's great faith in Jesus. But you don't serve him and you don't walk set free in the victory that he called you to deliver you from today and now because you don't have enough faith in yourself to know you can. Are y'all following me? Simon Peter could walk on water. You can walk on whatever, whatever sinks, whatever you drowned in, you can walk on. Whatever sin you're drowning in, you have the power to walk on top of it. Water is death to us. It's the one thing every one of us has to, we do it from the minute we're born, we start doing it. And we never get taught it. We never forget to do it. What is it? Breathe. Right? It's the one thing you can't do underwater. Breathe. The importance of baptism is you enter into death. Listen, what Simon Peter was doing was far greater than standing on a pond. He was walking on. Because of faith in Jesus, the very thing that could take his life. But he didn't have enough faith to believe he could be there. So he started sinking. Now, what is it that holds you back? What is it in your life that, 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 that you had enough faith to believe in Jesus and get out of the boat? But what is it that keeps you from, what is it that, that you, you go, I ain't got no business being here. I can't walk on this. Because by golly, the power of Jesus and the faith that Jesus has in you, you can do it. But do you have faith in you? That's the question for today. The last scripture I'm going to read, and I'm closing because I know I went way over, uh, is a, uh, I forgot what page I was on, is a, what's the last scripture you got? Matthew 16. I'm, man, you're sharp. Are you busy every Sunday? Because you could be in Tatum. No. <laughs> Matthew 16. Now listen, I'll show you how much faith Jesus has in you. This is, this is huge. Matthew 16, 19 to 20. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, you will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Listen to me. We all know he was the Messiah, right? He has not told any of us. We live past resurrection. We don't have to keep that a secret. We better not keep it a secret, right? But we still have the keys. He said whatever is bound by you will be bound in heaven. And whatever is loosed by you will be... You know what that means? Hey, listen, think about that. Jesus Christ has enough faith in you to give you the keys to unlock the power to the kingdom of heaven. Simon Peter is not the, there was not one set of keys. Please listen, you have been given your own set of keys. And if you want to keep it locked up, then you'll live here the rest of your life with, with that power locked up. But if you want to let it out, you unlock it and watch what God does. 
He will unlock it and it will flow from heaven. Let me pray. Let me pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for Woodward, Oklahoma. Lord, thank you so much for this sail barn. Thank you so much for, for your healing power. I, I, Lord, I just come to you right now. And I, I don't know all these folks, but you do. Lord, I don't know, uh, I don't know what it is that they're afraid to, that they don't have enough faith in themselves to walk on. I don't know what mountain it is they're trying to come over or, or, or what, what water it is that's trying to hold them under. Lord, I don't, know, I don't know what struggle it is they're trying their best to get over. They have faith in you, but they don't have enough faith in themselves to believe that they can. Lord, you, you told your disciples, greater works than these you will do. Lord, we have the power to do greater things than even you did. We have the power to move mountains. We have the power to overcome addictions, to defeat Satan. And I hate that sucker. Lord, we have the power if we would unlock it as men to, to save our entire family. If we would unlock it and have enough faith in us and ourselves to bow our neck and stand before the enemy and say, not in my house. If it's men, we'd bow our neck and say, not in my country. Oh, Lord, increase our faith in ourselves. I thank you for having such great faith. I thank you that you blessed me with a daddy that had enough faith in me when I was eight years old to come riding off the side of a mountain. I thank you even more that I have a heavenly father that, trusts me, has enough faith in me to anoint me with your powerful word and to give me wisdom to share your word. I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Woodward, Oklahoma, have enough faith that they will change this state. Lord, not just change their yard, but change this state. Lord, we want to take our country back, and it's us what's going to do it. I know in my heart. It's us what's going to turn them to you. We've had to turn many a rank herd. We've had to come back from many a broke, bankrupt business or a failed marriages that hurt and pain and Addictions And, Lord, your amazing power, your grace to heal us is what's got us back up. And, Lord, the faith we have in you and the faith that you have in us is what will bring our nation back to you. I pray for each and every one here, Lord, whatever it is that's holding them back, whatever it is that they don't believe they can overcome, you have plenty of faith in them and you know they can if their faith would increase in them because of what you've done. Lord, I just pray for confidence and assurance for Bo and and Heather, Lord, as they, as they minister and pastor, Lord, I pray they be the biggest servants in this area, that they serve this body, that they love this body. Lord, I pray for Thousand Hills Cowboy, Thousand Hills Ranch Church, Lord, that, that they, would, they would truly be the salt of the earth and the grit. Lord, that they would do what's right, stand solid, stand firm, be bold, and at the same time be humble. I pray blessings poured out upon them. I thank you, Lord. For them having me and my bride here. Thank you most of all that you love us. You're the best father any of us ever had. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jason and the Lord a hand. Great job. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to this message. And we hope to see you every Sunday at the Woodward Livestock Auction at 1030.